Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast today is sponsored by Shlomo Hafif in honor of his best friend, the Rabbi, Rabbi Shlomo Fari. Uh, that's funny to read, but Hazaka uh, Baruch Shlomo, we love you. And in loving memory of and Leilui Nishmat, Grandma Sarah Bat Mazal, Alea Shalom, it should be Eilui Nishama for her Nishamat, Surab Suror Ahaim. There's a very interesting pasuk. What is this thing that you're doing to the people? Why are you sitting here alone? Why are you sitting alone? Everybody is, uh, what's it called? Everybody is sitting there. They're waiting for one judge. So many people. They're waiting all day and all night. Both you and the people, Nabol Tibol. Two interpretations of that word. The simple interpretation of the word Nabol means that you're going to be, what's it called? You're going to be exhausted. You're going to get, uh, uh, you, like Nivul means you're going to be disgusted. The work is going to be so much, you're going to wither away. But there's another interpretation. It's not just that it's too much. There's a second interpretation as well. That Yitro was communicating to Moshe Rabbeinu, Nabol Tibol means you will become Mivulbal, which means you'll be uh, too confused by all the things that's going on. You're going to get mixed up. There'll be so much happening, you're going to get mixed up. Rabutai, I want to talk today about this idea. Yitro asked his father-in-law, what are you doing? Why are you sitting here alone? One of the most important skills that you could have in the world of business is the skill of delegation. No, his son-in-law, yeah? Now, he comes to Moshe and he asks him, why are you sitting by yourself? What Yitro communicates is the idea of delegation. It's one of the most important things in any business. I want to share this with you. You know, it's very, very, very important. One of the challenges of a rabbi, as an example, is that people would like all the time to have time with the rabbi. Now, it's very important they should have time. Very important. But eventually, if the rabbi can't say to them, here's someone I want you to sit with, sit with an assistant rabbi, sit with the youth rabbi, I have other people I'm hiring. If a person cannot delegate, eventually they come to a situation where it becomes, number one, too much for a person to deal with. But number two as well, they can't have the sharp focus they need. It's the job of every rav, of every rabbi to understand, number one, first and foremost, what is his area of expertise? And what does he need to farm out? Someone comes and they ask you, rabbi, I had someone, I had this surgery, the doctor's giving, and that surgery. Menen Lewen, where do I know about the surgeries from? I'm not a doctor, right? But at the same time, they only want, the doctors are giving them their opinion. They, they want to answer. It's not a halachic question. In such a case, Rabbi it's very important that a rabbi understands that he needs to give it away. How come you're sitting here? It's so important to be able to do that. Now, I, I start with the rabbi because it's easy for you to look at me and say, absolutely, rabbi, you're right. You should delegate. You need to do that. So I took the hit for all of us so that I can now turn the gun and the camera around to all of you as well. In the world of business, if you want to hold on to all the power to make all the decisions, what winds up happening is you create a bottleneck at the top of the company. Everybody is waiting for you. There's too many things that you need to sign off on. And eventually, what winds up being the greatest hamper, the greatest hampering for growth 
in your company is you as the CEO. Unbelievable. Now that's very tough for people. It's very tough. And Moshe Rabbeinu, actually, he responds to Yitro. He says, what do you want from me? You want to know why I'm sitting alone? Because they're only going to come to me. What Moshe means is, even if I appoint other people, everyone's going to want time with me. If you're raising, you're doing a fundraise uh, for what's it called? Uh, a round of fundraising for a new startup company. You know, you think to yourself, I want to be able to expand my, uh, my offering, so I'm going to send my second in command to go to the guy. No one wants to speak to the second in command, Moshe Rabbeinu says. They want to speak to the boss of the company. You want my money? You speak to me. You want to fundraise for a tzedakah? Where's the rabbi? Who's in charge of this project? I want to speak to the person who makes the decisions. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu is communicating to Yitro. How could I hire anybody else? But in the end, actually, who was correct? Moshe goes to Eska Kadosh Baruch Hu, and Yitro's advice, God says you should listen to him. And Moshe Rabbeinu implements that. It's so important, this idea of delegation, to be able to expand a business. You want to be able to expand the Bet Knesset. You have to empower the people that are out there. It's not that you have a bunch of, uh, what's it called, a bunch of yes men around you that you give to. And that's what Yitro is saying. I think this is really important, Rabotai. Number one, Navolti Bol means it's going to be too much. But what if I have a bunch of yes men? I can delegate the acting out. I make the decisions and they're the ones that run, that run with the ball. If all you give them is, uh, is you, what they call in Yiddish, they would say, a shlak shamis, or a shik yingle, which means you're going to go send the boy, or uh, you know, the guy that everything, you, yeah, he do, only thing he does is what you tell him to do. Actually, you didn't delegate anything. So although maybe now you have a little bit more time because you don't have to act out the decisions that you've made, but the second part of Navolti Bol, you still have. You will become confused. So what is this confusion? Rabotai, human beings were not designed to think of a million different things at the same time. We were designed to focus. In fact, there's a fascinating idea that expresses itself in the halakha. We know if someone is walking, if someone's cow is walking on the road, and the animal is stepping on things as it goes. So that's called the, he- the hezek, the damage of regel. If it's walking along the way and it damages as it's walking, what do we say? That's considered the hezek of regel. And the owner has to pay. What if a person is walking on the road and he steps on something with his foot? Same as his cow. The Gemara Baba Kama says, not obligated. Why? In darkan, it is not the way of people to keep their eyes on the road. Human beings were not designed with our necks like a cow, which is built like this. We were designed with our necks straight, which means that we're supposed to be looking forward. We're supposed to be looking up to the shamayim. Look up to the heavens and see. Human beings were designed to be able to think of lofty ideas, great concepts. And you know what? Look about, look around. We have. We're on the verge of privatizing space travel. This is where we are in our lifetime, okay? And yet, and yet, for a human being to be thinking about three or four things at the same time, we can't do. We were designed to focus, that our thoughts can reside in one place. Yitro says to Moshe Rabbeinu, there's a line out here from here to kingdom come. If every two seconds you're shifting gears to another thing, to another thing, to another thing, to another thing, 
it's too much. You'll be confused in your thought patterns. Rabotai, the same way this is true in a, as a rabbi or in a business, it's also true in a person's home. When a person uh, has, uh, you know, kids in the house and the, and the same parent needs to be disciplinarian and encouraging and this and that, no one parent can do, can fulfill all the roles. Now, God forbid, certain people, their situation in life results in the fact that they need to get divorced. They're running a house as a single mom, and there's no question, or a single dad, and there's no question that they can raise adequate, healthy, happy, motivated children. But that does not mean that that is the, that is the proper way to do it. That doesn't mean that that kid got everything that they needed. The studies that we, that we have show that they encourage divorced couples to figure out a way to share custody because it is important for the child's development to have the mother figure in their life and to have the father figure in their life. And for one person to play both roles, it's not healthy to switch back and forth and back and forth on different extremes. This concept, the idea of consolidation, not just in a, in a business sense, but in the mind is an unbelievable idea. In fact, there was a, a man who was the CEO of a company called Wendy's. He was headhunted by another famous company, but this is a long time ago. Wendy's was already a successful restaurant, I believe, okay? And he was headhunted by a, another restaurant that was suffering, that was uh, unfortunately struggling to meet its bottom line. Who, what was the name of the restaurant? KFC. At the time, he walks in, he looks at the board, he walks around the restaurants that they have, and he says, okay, this is what we're doing. We're cutting out anything that isn't chicken. They used to make burgers and hot dogs and steak and whatever else they would make on the menu. Like a place, he says, if we're going to be something, we have to be one thing. Now, it's counterintuitive. You think to yourself, what do you mean? You sell chicken, only people who want chicken are going to come. If you sell chicken and hamburgers, a guy who wants a hamburger can come, a guy who wants chicken can come. That's true. But what happens is, then you lose your status, you lose your exclusivity when people think of chicken that they should think of you. He cut half the things off the menu, and what happened? Sales began to soar. When a person is focused on something, then they can achieve in that thing. When you're focusing on multiple things, it becomes very difficult. Rabutai, along with this idea of being something which is relevant in understanding success, it's also relevant in understanding success in our tefillah. When you sit and you come to what's it called, to the tefillah, to the prayers in the morning, our Chachamim explained to us that a person is supposed to take time before they pray. And what are they supposed to do? To clear their head. To be thinking only about the tefillah itself. Now there's a bit of advice from the Hafez Hayim that you never believe. It's the strangest bit of advice I ever saw. But now with what we're saying today, it will become clear and understand. You know what the Chafetz Chaim says? He says, before everyone prays in the Amidah, so you have a bunch of different Berachot. You have a Berachah called We ask God for wisdom and clarity. Oh my gosh, people don't know the gift that they have in the Amidah. You don't know because they never learned it. You know what it means to be stuck 
in a decision, not to know where to go, not to know how to act, to go forward in a relationship, in a business prospect, to, to think to yourself, should you take a loan, should you welcome somebody into the company, give them equity, not give them equity, these are big decisions. Put this person on the board, on the one hand he has contacts and a network, on the other hand is he going to take away control or try to wrest the you know, direction of the company from me? These are all very, very tough questions. So how do I know that I have the capacity to be able to deal with them? Do I shift careers if uh, I'm in a tough market? Do I double down? Do I, uh, you know, cut my, my rates? There's so many different questions to ask. So how do we ask those questions? So most people just say, Hashem, give me money. No. 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 It's not how it works. It's not how it works. You come to God and you say, in the blessing of you ask Hashem for chokhmah, bina, and that, for the different types of wisdom that a person needs in their life. To be able to have chokhmah means to be able to have the bits of knowledge, the facts. God, let me know, acquire all the facts that I need in order to be able to know how to run my business, to be able to know how to run my relationship. I need to know things in order to be able to act on those things. If I have a whiskey business, but I haven't ever heard of putting the whiskey in wood barrels, my whiskey's probably not going to taste that good. That's wisdom that I need to acquire, facts about the things that I need. Bina means now that I know that my barrel can influence the taste of my whiskey, what was put in the barrel before I put my whiskey in it so that it can impart that flavor, that viscosity, that color into the, into the liquid. That's bina. Once I know A, then I learn B. Okay? And finally, Rabotai, the final thing is uh, uh, bina vadat. Dat means now that I have this chokhmah, now I have this intuition, how do, what do I want to do with all of this? How do I use and marshal chokhmah and bina to be able to chart a successful path? So these are the ways, as an example, when someone is trying to focus on what they're doing, when they're trying to have a clarity of thought, we can pray for that. But what the Chafetz Chaim says is remarkable. He says, before you say every berachah, there's a special kavanah you should have. I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. Chafetz Chaim is going to give me like a meditation before my meditation. This is unbelievable, like pre-drinks, okay? What's happening here? Let's go. What does he say? He says, you know what? Before you think of the beracha, atahonin la'adam dat, asking Hashem for clarity. Before you think of the beracha, where you're asking Hashem for forgiveness, you should have this unbelievable, holy thought that you think comes from the Zohar. What's the thought? I am about to say the beracha of atahonin la'adam dat. Is that not underwhelming? What should you have in mind before you say the beracha of Barachenu v'Parnasah? You should have in mind, I'm about to say the beracha of Barachenu. But what the Chafetz Chaim is saying, it sounds so simple. It sounds so obvious. It's not obvious at all. Because you're just running. If you just stopped for one second and said, okay, this is what I'm about to ask for, and then you asked for it, you're coming. You're asking from a very different place. Okay? Even just that tiny level of focus is so important. The Chafetz Chaim felt it necessary to write down, to guide us in that thought process. So let's try and adapt that idea to understand. Madua ata yoshev levadecha, navol Try to imagine this. This is a trillion things that you do. You come home. Before you come in the door, not walk in the door, you're about to knock on the door. Just say to yourself, I'm about to walk into my house. Other side of this door is my family. Other side of this door are the people I love. Other side of this door are not people who need to get the brunt of a bad day at business. This is my family now. Just that one thought. This is my family now. 
This is not the business. This is not all the stuff I dealt with today. These are my kids. This is my wife. Isn't that unbelievable? That focus is what we're talking about over here. Navol tibol. You'll get confused. You'll get mixed up with all the things that are going on. Rabutai, what's interesting to me as well is that um, we learn from Yitro's system also the process of delegation and how to think. The things, the 50 people, the 50 thing have Sarech HaMishim. Sarech HaMishim means that for every 50 people, Yitro said that there should be one judge. So there's a lot of these judges. Then there's judges for 100, obviously, half the number of those judges. Then there's judges for 1,000, one-tenth of the number of judges. And then finally, above all of that, you have Moshe Rabbeinu. What we're learning here also is a system for thinking. I need you to hear this. The things that come up all the time at work, things that come up all the time with our family, what we need to do is institute things that will ensure that that thing gets dealt with. So systems is one of the most important things to enact in your life. I'll give you an example as to what this means or what this looks like. I have, let's say, a bunch of different emails. I'm working with Chazak, I'm working with the synagogue, I have different responsibilities in different places, uh, my head's in. So I have different emails coming in different places. Simple thing is you go into your email, uh, into your Outlook, and you create what's called a rule. Anytime you get uh, the word she'ela, someone's asking you a halachic question, it could go into one folder. Now you have one folder, automatically it's auto-selecting all the items going in there. Anytime it says the word, uh, what's it called, charity, I have it automatically taken out of my inbox and send it to a file that's called charity. Someone wants to ask you charity, no problem. But when I have the time to deal with that, I'm gonna go deal with that. So instead of going through your inbox, and dealing with the Moshe Rabbeinu, where it's one thing, the other thing, the other thing, the other thing, the other thing, actually you have something, some semblance of normalcy. So if I'm writing charity checks, I have them sitting in front of me while I'm going through the things. Rabbi life is like this. Life is like this. You're trying to be efficient with your family and deal with all the different issues in the same, in the same, you're gonna be the least efficient because you're forcing your brain to multitask. Instead, what do you do? You have these judges, 50, judges of 50, which means that there's many judges, there's many stop caps, there's many systems that you're creating to deal with things that happen all the time. The things that happen less, you need a smaller system. The things that happen even less, a smaller system. But as an example, it would be incredibly important because these, the only things that get to the thousand people are the super important things in life. It's very important to have check-ins on those things. So as an example, your marriage, that's very important. Your own physical health, your own spiritual health. When are you gonna stop and take, uh, take stock of how that's going? That's what it means to have one of the Sareh Alafim. So I know that once every three months, I do a review personal of my marriage. Once every three months, I do a review of where I'm up to and my spiritual, am I learning enough? Am I kind enough? What's happened to me? Have I lost my patience? What do I need to do to fix it? But the stuff that's coming up all day, you can't wait six months. You can't wait three months because you'll be drowned by the time you dealt with it. So from your trust system, we learn actually the implementation of a system that we can put into our lives that will uh, order our lives, order our thoughts. If you ever feel like you're all over the place, that means that you don't have a good system or that your system needs tweaking. 
If you feel like you're on top of your life, your to-do list is getting done, your uh, things that you need to achieve are actually slowly being ticked off, that's fine. Someone once asked me, Rabbi, impossible. How can I set up a specific time to deal with charity, a specific time to deal with my business, specific... It just, things come in when they come in. So I said to him, there's an 80-20 rule. What does that mean? You could always assume that there's going to be 20% of the time that there's going to be something chaotic that you couldn't have planned for. Uh, the pipe is going to burst in your apartment. Uh, you're going to have mold on one of the buildings that you own. Uh, you're going to have, there's nothing to do about that. You can't plan for that. It just happened. You know, all of a sudden the guy says we need to call an exterminator. It's an expense you didn't see coming. You know, things that you don't see coming. 20% of the things that, you know, fine, no problem. But we could deal with the 20% so long as the 80% is being marked off on a consistent balance. You're never going to be able to control everything. But at the very least, if you control the majority of things as and when in an orderly fashion where the person is ticking through all the time their systems, constant systems for things that are constant, uh, more uh, kind of infrequent things for things that come up on an interim basis, and finally the, the, the three-month check-ins, if you will, for the thousand. Someone once asked me, so how do I, I figure out the proportion? I said to them, look at the proportions. Right? The 50s are all the time, most. Half of that for things that are, right, that are less. And one-tenth, if you will, the proportion should be one-tenth of the things that you're going to have every once in a while. Be'ezrat Hashem, if we learn these messages, it will help us get on top of our lives. And Be'ezrat Hashem will allow us to be the leader that we need to be for our families, for our uh, companies, for, uh, for our volunteering in Sedakot. And, uh, and Be'ezrat Hashem will be as uh, uh, efficient as we possibly can be. Baruch Amen Amen.